Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure once again to be in your company. However, if this is the first time that you have come to the podcast, please hit subscribe on iTunes. You can get an Android feed on our website. And if you wouldn't mind writing as a five-star review, it just helps with our visibility in the iTunes chart so more people get to see us and therefore they might also hit subscribe and not miss out on any of our fantastic content that we bring you on a week-by-week basis from the world of fight sports. We cover MMA as well as boxing, mainly boxing, and that's where we're going to start on this week's show. top rank aficionado Bob Arum was with us at the weekend, having a little bit of a chinwag about them getting back into action in Las Vegas, but we started the conversation talking about Fury and AJ. seems to me that it's like old news regurgitated. Mm. I mean, about a month or so ago, we all got together and we said, look, fight can't, these fights can't take place until next year. Uh, let's do it the same way we did uh, uh, Fury and Wilder. 50-50 for the first fight, and whoever wins this, that fight gets a 60-40 deal in the second fight. That's all we've agreed to. That's all we said. It was logical. Uh, Who made the announcement, why the announcement was made, I only uh, uh, leave it up to them. But I didn't look at it as being real news. Uh, Mm. Joshua has a fight before the end of the year uh, with my guy, Kubert Pulev, a very tough Bulgarian. And... uh, Tyson has a third fight to do with Wilder, and that's not an easy fight. Uh, So, again, sure, if they come through those fights, why wouldn't we get together and do a two-fight deal for Fury uh, and Joshua uh, in uh, 2021? Bob, um, good evening, Bob. Lovely to have you on again, as always. Um, hey, Gareth, Hey, good evening. Um, but, but working it through logically as well, there is the prospect that Tyson could also fight Dillian White and Joshua could fight Alexander Usyk, and they, they may have two fights between fighting each other and may not fight until the end of next year. Is that plausible as well? No. Okay. No, the man... The mandatory situations are being uh, worked out by all the organizations. It's unfair to accelerate mandatories or keep them where they were because of the fact everybody knows that these fighters couldn't fight uh, for most of the year. Uh, And uh, uh, Dylan White uh, couldn't uh, uh, fight for an interim title or whatever makes him happy. And after Joshua and, uh, and Fury have their two fights, Dylan White can fight 
Usyk can fight. Probably better if Dylan White fights Usyk, you know, <laughs> to get to get a real real contender. But I think boxing is going to be totally different. Uh, the uh, uh, after this uh, coronavirus is over, uh, people are working together. People want to make the best fights. We're not going to be tied down uh, with mandatories. And I know, again, if Dylan White presses for a mandatory with uh, with Fury, uh, I'm sure Mauricio would make uh, Fury the franchise champion, yeah. uh, just the way he did with Lomachenko yeah. and uh, and Canelo Alvarez. And we don't have to worry about nonsense mandatories. Not well, saying that Dylan White is not a, a good fighter. He is a good fighter. But again, these are unique circumstances with the fact that we haven't been able to do fights. We won't have been able to do fights for almost a year. Bob, Bob, what do you make of Ring Magazine making uh, Fury, Joshua and White one, two and three and, and Wilders below them at the moment? Do you agree with that? No. But again, that's people's opinion. I mean, I don't agree. That isn't my opinion. But if it's their opinion, okay, that's fine. People are entitled to their opinions. Mm. You know, I mean, mm. I don't know what Dylan White has done uh, in his career to justify putting him above Wilder. I, I just can't figure that out. You don't, don't think he beats Wilder? Wilder. I don't, you, don't think, you don't think he beats Wilder then, yeah? You don't think White beats Wilder? I know, I know he doesn't beat Wilder. Wilder will knock him out. Yeah. Does Joshua beat Wilder? Does Joshua beat Wilder? I, I don't think so. Do you think he gets knocked out? I don't out? think so. I think he gets knocked out. Joshua's chin is uh, has a, a chinny chin chin. Uh, and, uh, you know, if he got knocked out by Andy Ruiz, who can't punch, uh, you know, not a, you know, I look at Andy's record. He fought all his fights for us. I agree with you on both, that's by that's the way. I agree with you. Right. I agree with you on both. You know, I don't think Dylan White beat, beats Usyk. Mm-hmm. To, to tell you, I think Usyk, you know, boxes the tar uh, out of, out of uh, Dylan White. Bob, regarding location of um, Fury, AJ, I know obviously this is far too early to talk about, but there's um, there's conversation here that they will probably happen in the Middle East. Is is that the front runner in your in your opinion? I don't think there's any front runner. I mean, I mean Eddie is out talking to certain people in the Middle East. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out uh, our new beautiful stadium here in Las Vegas where we'd put probably 70,000 people in for the fight and at really big American prices. Uh, I think there's a real problem that people aren't paying attention to, Eddie included. If the fight is in the Mideast, it comes in the United States at a very bad time, and it cuts down on the pay-per-view revenue. Now, the pay-per-view revenue in the United States, the way I look at it, probably uh, will be over $100 million. So, I mean, it's not, you, you can't solve the situation by saying that, well, the Mideast would pay more than you could realize at a big gate, either in uh, the UK or the US. No, I mean, in the US has a big, big advantage because of the pay-per-view, uh, a pay-per-view in the evening on a Saturday evening in prime time, uh, trumps by by a large measure the pay-per-view mm. in the afternoon in the United States. Completely agree. Completely and utterly agree. That's why I don't buy, I'm not saying I disbelieve you that you've had offers, um, but that's why it doesn't ultimately, I mean, surely having Australia, and I've been to Macau with you, with Manny Pacquiao, which was a raving success, um, and it was brilliant. But I don't buy that we're really going to go to Australia. That has to be a fallback, surely. Well, it is a fallback, and it's, it's for the Wilder fight. I yeah. mean, look, we want to get Fury and Wilder in this year to clear the way for next year. So there are three possibilities, as I see it now. One is Las Vegas, 
if the governor, and I believe he will, allows limited seating with uh, safe distancing. So we go into Allegiant Stadium, which is a beautiful new facility where the the football team is going to play, and do an event for 15 or 20,000 people, everybody's spread out. That is a possibility. That's definitely doable, is it? That's definitely doable, is it? Doing that four people, four seats apart. I, I, again, I am not the government. And Mm. the government is looking into doing that for the Las Vegas Raiders so that they could play with an audience, spectators, during their football season, which starts Mm. in September. And we believe that that's going to happen not only in Nevada, Las Vegas, but in New York and New Jersey and other places. And that will enable us, we've talked to the Raiders, to use their stadium to do uh, a Fury Wilder event where we put in fifteen or 20,000 people with safe seating and uh, uh, it becomes a, a really big, big event and we don't sacrifice the pay-per-view revenue, Now, which we're not going to do. That's why Macau is interesting, because if we go to Macau, we put it on, as Gareth knows, on a Sunday uh, morning mm-hmm. in Macau, which is prime time back in the United States, and we've done it twice with Manny Pacquiao. And uh, so if we did that fight there, that would be uh, a, a good possibility. The Australia-New Zealand situation is really interesting because New Zealand has already opened its stadia uh, uh, to full seating. Full seating this weekend. I think currently it's happening Mm -hmm. now. Uh, And Australia is soon to follow. The problem with Australia and New Zealand is that anybody coming in has to undergo a 14-day quarantine. So you imagine telling Tyson Fury that he got to stay in his room and watch television for 14 days? I mean, well, you tell impossible. him. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob, just on to some other fighters a little bit later on. We're going to hear from Terence Crawford. We caught up with him earlier on this week. There's loads of rumours that there's a potential fight between maybe Terence and Manny Pacquiao. You've mentioned Manny's nickname a couple of uh, times there. How far down the line are you with that? And is that the direction that you're going in with Terence? Well, uh, that's, that's the, the opponent that I would most like Terence to fight. And I think he would. Now, that requires a lot of money. And uh, we've had proposals from the Mideast. Uh, I don't know if those proposals will be... Uh, available for this year. That is the problem. I don't know whether the Mideast venues uh, will allow uh, uh, spectators uh, this year. They may not allow it until there's a vaccine, which will be next year, I hope. So Mm. that's a... Otherwise, uh, we have to look uh, for Terrence Crawford uh, to fight uh, a major welterweight. Uh, there are a number that are possibilities. Uh, there's um, uh, Thurman, uh, uh, Porter, a possibility, uh, or, or this kid Ugas, the, uh, the mm. Cuban, uh, who's a, a good, good welterweight. They're on Al's, Al's uh, uh, with Al's company, PBC but we're working well together with that company. So I don't think that'll be a problem. And then finally, there's Kel Brook, whose management uh, contacts me on almost a weekly basis. So first possibility is Pacquiao, if, if that's possible. And that's what we're working on. And uh, second possibility uh, is a fight against one of Al's guys, which is eminently doable. And the third possibility is uh, Kel Brook, uh, if, he can, if we can get him in the United States. 
you know, it's all well and good. I talked about Fury and uh, and Wilder fighting in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Well, the Brits now are still under a travel ban in the United States. So hopefully that'll that'll be uh, uh, will no longer be in effect by the fourth quarter. Hmm. So again, uh, oh, again, hmm. you know, we're we're in really uncertain times now. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's happening that's beyond uh, the power or ability of any promoter. We have to go with the flow, as they say. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, obviously, you were you returned to action on Tuesday night. Just gone, Shakur Stevenson put in a great performance on Thursday night. I really enjoyed the Adam Lopez and. Uh, career fight. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, yeah. and obviously Magdalena. That was a good fight as well, even though there was a few low blows in there. How how did it run for right. you? I know that obviously we had the Michaela Meyer uh, positive test in there, but everything apart from that seemed to run to plan. I mean, it looked really good as a production. It was. ESPN did a marvelous job in the production. Uh, we, together with the Nevada Commission, put these protocols in effect. Trust me, it's not easy. It. I mean. The work we did uh, to build the bubble, to, uh, to feed everybody, to make sure everybody stayed safe, that took a lot of work and effort. Uh, you know, I don't want to bore anybody by going into a lot of the details, but it, it was tough. And we have uh, two and three events a week now for the rest of the summer uh, looking forward to. Uh, the fights will be, we're going to start uh, putting in some world title fights uh, in the next uh, few weeks. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the problems we had uh, initially is once we got the, the, the green light to go, uh, so many of these kids hadn't been in the gym. And yeah. so we, we, you, we, so they we were quite alerted. one-sided to some of the fights, weren't they? They were quite... Because, because because we advised our fighters to mm. get in the gym and to get prepared. And unfortunately, uh, fighters for other promoters were not similarly advised. There you go. Lots to take in from Bob. One of the guys that were on the opening cards in Las Vegas for top rank was Guido Vianello. Fantastic knockout performance, and we caught up with him on the show. Yeah, a lot of silence. No pod in the arena. It was very strange, but I was very happy because for my country, this year is very, is very bad, so Italy needed to come back, and I come back with Italy in the ring, so... It was great. I'm happy. I was going to ask you, actually, about Italy, because we know that, obviously, through this pandemic, Italy um, has, has faced uh, an awful amount to, to deal with. And when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to situations like this, they're always... I know football's obviously a major sport in Italy. There's, sport kind of provides a lot of hope for people during these particular moments. Have you felt that as, uh, as the heavyweight... Have you have you felt that responsibility and maybe love from fans where where they're looking to you to to put a smile on their face? No, for me it was wonderful because I was the first Italian in the world to 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 come back after the virus. So it was very big responsibility, but I was I was happy and uh, I I didn't feel uh, more stress, you know. And in the ring, I was very fast and very relaxing, so it was perfect. Um, as I say, buonasera, amico. Um, we, we, we chatted, Guido, um, in Tyson Fury's training camp, uh, ahead of his fight with Tom Schwartz, if you remember. You were with your father, I think, yeah. um, that day. Uh, and you remember? Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you were saying then, I mean, you're a very modest man. I mean, you've already had a fantastic record. You are one of the leading boxers to come out of Italy. And it has a huge, rich heritage of heavyweights. People like Primo Carnera with more knockouts, Carnera, than any other heavyweight in history. And at the time, of course, you weren't around, neither was I. But in the 30s, you know, he was like a giant six foot six in the 1930s. One of the things I noticed about you is that you were in... Tyson's training camp. I think you sparred a little bit with him, didn't you? And 
one of the things that you are doing by being based in America, you've had seven American opponents, you're really trying to learn, it's almost like being at university for you, uh, like you're doing a bachelor's degree in the study of all the styles in America. Is that fair? So I have university in Italy, and I study with, uh, uh, with the laptop. I can make ex every exam, you know. And during the quarantine, I, I did one exam, and I have the next exam next week. But what I also mean is that you're doing your boxing university as well by being based in America for your for your career. Uh, yeah, America, American is, is perfect. But I, I didn't understand the, the question. No, that's what I, I meant. That's what I said. You're doing, but you're doing your education in boxing right now by being based in America. Ah, sorry, yeah, 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 because it's the best. It's the best country in the world for boxing. So. I'm happy because I, I'm living in Vegas, and in Vegas I can meet a lot of world champions like Fury, like Joseph Parker. Uh, I'm inspired with Joe Joy, so it's perfect city for me. Mm. Yeah, Guido, you for a lot of people, obviously, you work with uh, Kevin and uh, and Joseph, um, and I know that you're getting some valuable rounds in there. How much are you learning uh, from Joseph? Obviously, a man that has uh, uh, held the world championship belt previously, you, you you must be gaining a lot of knowledge from him. With Joe Parker, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we we live together, so I spent a lot of time with with Joe, and we went to play golf too, so a lot of things, and we we spent a lot of rounds together. And he's very fast. I like his movements, his defense, because uh, Kevin very trained me and him a lot of time about the defense, about the jab. So it's perfect yeah. sparring, and we we make very beautiful training together. What do you think of his acting during the lockdown? <laughs> acting and singing. Joe, Joe is. In Joe, the... Joe's acting and singing on 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 social media during the lockdown, during the pandemic. Yeah, a lot of beautiful videos. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Guido, when uh, obviously you uh, you were only in the ring for just over a couple of minutes. Um, on Tuesday night, have you already had conversations as to when you will next be fighting? Yes, yeah, I'm here in America because I won't <laughs> I won't fight other other time. I hope in July because now top rank uh, make a lot of boxing nights, so I won't fight because I fought just to men, so I can fight from uh, uh, to other months. So we try for July to fight again. Well, can I just um, ask one more thing? Yeah. Go for um, that. You know, Guido, you've worked as a policeman before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you need what's, that, yeah. What's your feeling about seeing these issues in America at the moment where there seems to be systemic um, problemas sistemicas with pro systemic yeah. problems with the police and certain right. people of colour? What's your view on that? Because you've been a policeman. Yeah, yeah, I, I was in policeman, but I didn't work in the in the street because I was a boxer, so just training. But I, I, I had a gun, yeah, in, in the house, so I know I know how how he feel uh, a police officer. But what, what I think, I think that I I, I don't know the reactions. For me, it's a, it's a stupid things because in, especially in the boxing, the reason the reason this stuff. Yeah. But for uh, this country is very it's very strange. The people uh, the people are very angry. So yeah, mm. bad bad time for America. Mm. I th I think that uh, it's it's stupid things. It's stupid things. So I hope that everything will be will be good in the future. Me too. And Adam does. I know that because we've mm. talked about it a lot. And like you say, in our sports, you don't experience a lot of racism. I don't see it. I don't feel it. You know. You work with everyone, don't you? You know. Yeah, of course. So my opponent was uh, not too black, but mixed, no? So everybody are the same, the same people because we train hard, we live hard. So I have respect for my opponent because he he do the same life that that I that I I do, no? So I respect him. Now then, one man that doesn't only give interviews unless it's fight week is Terence Crawford. But we were lucky enough to get hold of him this week for fight night. Here he is. I went to the gym every day still. I did everything that I normally would do. Yeah. So I did, never had 
the opportunity to feel the effects of the lockdown. Are you, are you still training on your own now? Because I've seen, I'm sure I've seen you doing bits with Jamel Herring and, and the guys that you normally work with. Are you back out working with the guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our gym is currently open right now, so we are back uh, in motion and whatnot. So, yeah. So is, is, is that you kind of insinuating that you might have a date coming up? Are we going to see you back in the ring competing? Well, I don't know when I'm going to be uh, back in the ring, but I'm surely preparing myself for when that uh, day come that I'll be ready. Listen, you're, uh, you're what I would class as an elite level fighter. Fighting behind closed doors doesn't seem right for somebody of your magnitude. What, 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 what's your thoughts on that, fighting without the fans, man? Because you seem to be a fighter that kind of buzzes off the big crowds. Yeah, man, it's, it's different. It's going to be different. It's kind of like, you know, uh, sparring, you know. When you're in training camp, you don't have that many people in the gym. And, you know, you're working on things and, and whatnot. It's different, but at the same time, at the end of the day, it's a fight. So yeah. you got to get for whether it's fans in, in the crowd or not. Did you Did you watch the shows this week, obviously? Uh, Shakur was out on Tuesday and we had the Magdalena fight last night. What did you make of it all, man? Because it it feels weird without the fat fans' reaction, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does feel weird, man. Like, the whole atmosphere, there's no atmosphere, but at the same time, you can hear everything that the corner is telling the fighters. And it's kind of uh, interesting at the same time because you normally wouldn't hear the, those type of instructions yeah. being that out there, so... It's kind of good to hear what the coaches is telling their fighters what to do in the heat in the moment. Yeah, from from a fan's point of view, it comes across a little bit more sinister because you can hear fighters breathing. Like when a body shot lands, you can hear the wind going out of somebody's sails. I mean, you're used to that because you're used to dishing that type of thing out. But from a fan's point of view, watching it on TV, it makes it all a little bit more sinister, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know, like like I said, man, you get to hear hear everything. You know, when a, when, a, when a fighter's hurt, when a fighter's tired, when a fighter's breathing hard, you know, you get to experience all that up close and personal. I know that you just said that you don't have a date, but how far down the line are you with conversations that you're having with fights? Because, it's, listen, if you, if you go on the internet and you read stuff and you put Terence Crawford's name in there, he's always linked with those big, big fights. The latest one being Manny Pacquiao. What's the situation there, Terence? I don't know, man. I, hopefully I can... Uh, Get a fight by the by this year, anytime this year. <laughs> that, that would be great for me. But at the same time, you know, I'm just uh, continually tra- training and working on the things that I need to work on to get better. They're talking. They're talking about Middle East and all these random crazy places where you can go and fight. Is that something that appeals to you? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, if that's what we would take to make the fight. Moving forward, for sure. You know, I don't mind traveling to, uh, you know, secure a fight of that magnitude. Are you are you are you finding it at all frustrating? Because at one forty, you cleaned up, man. You got all the fights that you needed to get. You got all the belts that you needed to get. And now that you've come up to welterweight, it just seems an awful lot more difficult to make those super fights that I know that you crave. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, I was a little disappointed. But at the same time, you know, it's a process. You know, everything don't happen on my time. You know, in due time, I believe that all those fights that I want and the fans want, we'll get to see. Because I know, I know you've had, for example, the fans want to see the big fight with you and Errol Spence. And I know that he's obviously had his accident recently and what have you. But you guys have had a back and forth. You guys have had a conversation. Do you think it's going to come down to that now? It's going to come down to you and him kind of pushing the envelope in order to make that fight rather than promoters and TV companies? Well, you know, it's boxing, man. I, I can't I can't really say if it's going to really come down to me and him because I underestimate no man. And anything can happen in the sport of boxing, so we shall see. That's what I'm in the sport of boxing for, to take on the biggest and baddest challenges out. So, of course, you know, I'm past all the... Uh, little fights, you know, that don't nobody want to see. I want to fight all the big names at, at the end of the day. And that's what I've been calling for since I came into the welterweight division. Politics is always gets in the way, though, doesn't it? Everybody seems to be over at PBC whilst you're doing your thing. So it, 
you seem quite easy. You seem the fighter that they, they can avoid more, if that makes sense. Well, you know, uh, they can't avoid me forever. <laughs> That's the chat. That's what I want to hear, man. Come on. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's a business. They yeah. they got business with each other and they want to fight, keep everything in-house. And so they had the right soul. But at the end of the day, they don't have to see Terrence Crawford. So I'm not worried about it. I saw, I saw a couple of months ago. Well, I know that you're a big fan of the UFC because I know that you were watching it a couple of weeks ago and you've got a few friends over there that fight and compete in the UFC. But there was a, there was a chat about maybe you having a little bit of go at mixed martial arts because you're a fighting man, man. You know what I mean? I know that you, have you got a wrestling background from school? Is that right? Did you do a bit when you were at school? Yeah, I, I wrestled a little bit, you know, but I was more one to stay in boxing. Listen, those fast dance and the, you know, if you can avoid those takedowns, you could, you could compete in four ounce gloves. I ain't worried about it. You know, only thing I'm worried about is the kicks. <laughs> wrestling is nothing. You know, it's just the kicks that, that concern me. Is it something that you've looked at seriously, though? I know that you've obviously got ambitions to complete boxing, but what about mixed martial arts? Is it something that you looked at? Nah, I really never really thought about it because they don't pay enough. You know, when you look at the, the, the top athletes in MMA, what they getting paid compared to the top boxers, it's a, it's a no-brainer, and it's a reason why all the UFC fighters, you know, take a shots at boxers and want to come over to the boxing game to try their luck. How are the dogs? Are they uh, are they getting bigger? Oh, yeah, they they, they great, you know. They're doing good. <laughs> Mate, they're probably eat, eating you out of house and home, aren't they? They eat a lot. They're, they're big, big boys. Uh, they don't really eat a lot. You know, uh, two times a day is all. You know, sometimes they only eat one time a day. <laughs> and the kids? They're keeping, you, they're keeping you young, man? Oh, yeah. The kids is great. They out here running around right now. Have you got a lot of, you got a lot of space out there, yeah? You've got a big big place for the kids to be running around, the dogs to be running around. You seem to be so calm and collected, man. The, the world seems to be crazy right now, and you're the most chill guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, for sure, you know. Uh, it's great, you know. It's great. Give them something to do. You know, ride the four-wheelers, you know, go camping and... And just, you know, do things that kids normally would do, you know, but not in the city. You know, they can't do yeah. all the things that they can do there in the city. Where y'all going? <laughs> Is that you? Would you put that down to be your biggest achievement? I mean, you've done a lot of things in the ring, right? You've, you, you've been undisputed champion at 140, you're champion at 147. You'll go on to collect more trinkets, no doubt, yeah? But being able to provide the things for your children that maybe you didn't have when you were a kid, man. Would you say that that's your biggest achievement? Yeah, for sure. You know, like I always stated that, you know, I'm doing this for my kids, not for me, you know, to provide for a better life for them. Yeah. To where they don't have to take, take these hard roads to be successful in life. You know, I'm looking to give them a jump start because I feel like I was, five steps behind this the starting point, you know, when I started. So I'm trying to, you know, boost them up so they can get a, a fair shake of life. Following on from the WBO welterweight champion of the world is a young man that's hoping to claim gold at the Olympic Games when he eventually gets here. Gareth caught up with Galal Yafai. It, it seems so long ago, but um, yeah, it was March, uh, I think it was March 16th I qualified. So uh, what's that now? We're in we're in June now. I'm in the June. So three months so, ago, three. three months ago, yeah. So it's just it's just flew by. Um, it's uh, crazy times. You beat um, Rasul Saliev, of course, of Russia. Um, you pumped the air you, with your fist. You knew that you were going to Tokyo in August at that point, yeah. yeah? And then you told that everything's on lockdown. Then you're told to go home. Then you hear a couple of weeks later that they're going to struggle to put the Olympics on. What was going on in your mind while all that was was taking place? Well, you know what it was. Well, I'll go back to before the fight. Basically, um, I was. It was just before the fight. I was got ready to 
to go to the venue, just leaving the hotel and then um, Bob McCracken, obviously the performance director for, for Jewy Boxing. Yeah, he called me over, which was, a, I felt was a bit, um, before my fight, I'm normally on my own and no one really disturbs me. And he's called me over and he, and he said basically to me, um, listen, the, the competition's going to be cancelled after today. So um, you're going to fight now. You and Peter McGraw are going to fight, uh, qualify hopefully. And then um, the, the competition is going to be done and we're going to have to come back to revisit it. And my head was all over the place. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to qualify. Like, it's going to be done after t- today. I'm going to have one fight. I'm going to have to hop home on a train and um, that's going to be it. And it was probably the most nerve, nerve-wracking time I've, I've had before a boxing fight. I was um, really put under pressure that I had to qualify. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I fought Rasul Saliab uh, from Russia. And um, I watched him fight previously because he fought on the Monday. No, sorry, he fought on the Saturday in, right. against Poland. Mm. And um, yeah, he stopped this kid in like the second round and he looked like a little machine. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to fight this kid in London for the qualifying berth, the place. I was thinking, oh gosh. And then when Rob, Rob McCracken told me about it being um, done after, after the day, for it's more pressure on me now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank God I got it done. Just to explain to anyone watching or listening that, that, that you qualify the berth and then the team, yes. the team selectors then choose the best guy they think we've got in that division. Uh, it's a weird process, isn't it? But you qualify the position, but they choose the guy that's going in that weight division. Are you yeah. pretty secure that you'll get that as well? Obviously, you're already an Olympian, aren't you? So, yeah. you know, and it's your second Olympics if you go, you know. Are you pretty yeah. assured that you get the place? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm definitely getting my place. Um, basically, before, just get picked who goes to the qualifier. If you don't qualify, then it gets put under... Um, another valuation of who gets to go then. So it could be you or the number two. So maybe if you don't perform too well in, in, in a qualifying event and lose out, then maybe you give a chance to the number two guy and maybe even the number three. So it's like you have to do what you got to do to qualify. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've qualified now. So that's, that's my person. Are you almost guaranteed that you'll be going then? Is that what you're saying? I, definitely. Unless I'll just choose to go professional. Or, or you had an injury but, when it was going into the games or that you couldn't yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like that. But yeah, I'm 100% going. Hopefully, everything's touch all everything's all right with me. No, no injury wise. Lennox Lewis went to his first games, didn't win the gold, went to his second one and won the gold. There's a lot of yeah. people who've gone to their second games and they know the rhythm and the structure and the momentum that you can create for yourself. Yeah. That's, are you, um, you hell bent on a, on a gold medal in, in, in Tokyo next summer? Oh, definitely. Um, in the last year, I beat the world number one Cuban, who was a reigning world champion, and I beat a top Russian fighter. And and it's very hard to beat the Russians and Cubans. So um, I must be doing something right if I'm beating Russians and Cubans. Like no, not not blowing, no smoke anywhere. But um, yeah, it's um, it's a good it's it's a good um position to be in. Is twenty seven a good age as well? I mean, I remember. Luke Campbell was around about that age when he was at his peak as an amateur, the most decorated amateur yeah. we've ever had in terms of medals he's won. 2018, you got the Commonwealth Games gold. Did that mean something in your progress as well in Australia? Does that all yeah. add and build towards what you want? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I've been to Olympic Games before, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit more experienced uh, in that uh, position. Obviously, winning... Come off gold medal. It was a great thing for me. It was um, it's another, it's another tournament, another big um, another big tournament, which um, just adds to my experience and um, puts me in better stead for for anything in the future. So in lockdown, three months, you're all just about to go back now to Sheffield, aren't you? That it's going to risk yeah. you and you're going to go and work there again. Is it true that yeah. they helped you all get equipment back at your places so that you had everything you needed while you were locked down? Yeah, they were sending me over everything. Uh, they even sent me a bike. Uh, I even had a bike. Uh, I've been using that. Sent me loads of things to um, use in my apartment. But it's pretty hard in my apartment because it's pretty small. So um, I'm about to make do with what I can. Um, I've been running, going on my bike. Yeah, things like that. I've got fair bands. I've got um, I've got a few things I've been doing. I've been doing, I've been doing shadow boxing uh, in my little apartment. Um, yeah, I've been doing what I can. And... Um, yeah, I've just tried and kept, kept them, 
in shape a bit. I don't like going too heavy and being too unfit. So, um, yeah, I've been out. I'd heard as well that, you know, all the sports psychologists, the, the physios, um, the training regime guys, that, that, that you'd, you'd been on Zoom sessions, psychologists, yeah. you'd had them available on Zoom sessions the whole time so that you could yeah. get any instruction that you really wanted or needed during that period as well. Has that been helpful? Oh, yeah, it's been great. We've had literally everything I can call. If I've, if I've got a meal here now and I'm thinking, hmm, shall I eat that? I can just call the nutritionist, um, Mark Ellison, and just or drop him a text and say, is this okay to eat? Or if I need some, some more protein shakes or if I need, I don't know, any supplements. And uh, you just want one call away. The psychologist, I can call her anytime. We speak to her regularly on Zoom. We've been having Zoom interviews. Well, Zoom calls with um, other teammates, uh, all the coaching and stuff. It just, it helps us, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can be a bit lonelier. And I can imagine for some of the lads, I don't know what their positions are, but um, yeah, sometimes you just need people to interact with and stuff like, you know what I mean? No, it's, it's fascinating. It's why we've got one of the greatest setups in the world, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, you're the youngest of the three boxing brothers, Yafai, yeah. Gamal and Galal, obviously you're the last. You're yeah. of Yemeni extraction in the beginning. So what is it about you three then that, all three of you become elite boxers. What, what, I, I, I mean, what was it like when you were like 12, eight and five or whatever it would have been, something like that? I mean, were you all running around with boxing gloves on your hands and you know, doing, yeah. doing tournaments in the garden? I mean, tell us about yeah, it was. growing up. Literally, Gareth, I swear, it was like, if you, could, if you could see what we were like when we were young, if we had a video camera, you'd be like, these were destined to do things in boxing because we literally Cal and Gamal they went to the gym first of all we loved Princess Imnaz we loved him and he was Yemeni as well so he was like our god when we were young we'd stay up and watch his fights and Sky box office and, and everything we'd be in the garden make a little ring we'd have bring gloves and we'd all spar each other you dancing um, around like him at the time and doing all the moves literally we'd, we'd watch Naz did, and we'd be like did you make did you make um, those um, like those skirts he used to wear, they're like the, the gladiator skirts. His leopard skin. We used to fake everything. We used to have music <laughs> coming on, ring entrances. We'd have Cal with his perfect boxing record and uh, we'd just all spar each other. I'd be like eight years old and Cal would be a, bit, a few years older, so he'd be the best. Load. And we'd just spar, literally we'd spar, my mum would be going crazy. She'd be like, stop, stop with that noise, stop fighting. I'd come out crying. After Gamal landed a big left hook on me, I think. <laughs> Like, we'd, we'd be fighting all the time. We'd even invite people from the neighbourhood, like lads in that front that we used to play out with, and they'd come and have a little spar. And it went from them heights to Cal, obviously, um, winning national titles, Gamal winning national titles, going to Olympics, Cal. And then let's just progress on there. Can you remember the first time you met Prince Nez? Yeah. Oh, you know what, Gareth? It's actually a good thing you brought this up now. I met him in a uh, service station. <laughs> in a, I know it's silly I've got a picture I met him in a service station in Sheffield I was yeah. just, just going home after um, a week in Sheffield I walked into um, a petrol station just filled up and he was sitting down he was just sitting down having a sandwich uh, a packet of crisps and a, and, and a bottle of pop and I was like oh my god it's Prince Nassim like in front of me he, he's sitting in front of me like at a petrol station and I went up to him and I said Prince Nassim I said Oh, Naz, can I have a picture? I said, can I have a picture, please? And looked at me a bit funny, like he like, recognised me. And I was like, oh, I normally don't do this, but I was like, you, know, you must know my brother, Cal Yafo. <laughs> He's a bit embarrassing. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're one of them brothers, um, one of the Yafo brothers. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm so happy to say, yeah. And I was chatting to him for a good 20, 25 minutes in the petrol station. I had a picture with him. And yeah, he, he gave me his number. I was, I was starstruck. I was like... I've got his number, I can't believe it. And um, yeah, it just stuck with me ever since. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One guy that impresses me every single time he's on our show is Connor Ben. Speaks so maturely for such a young head. He caught up with Don McGuinness this week. It's, it's sad that he's had to get so bad before people have started to become aware of what um, black people have to face. Um, or it's something that's not spoken about because it's a sensitive subject. It's just never become a, a thing. No one, everyone's so naive to it and don't understand that this actually goes on in the world. Like, I'm, my missus is white and we've had gone places together and it's taken, she was naive to it. She didn't understand that she didn't get it, but she's experienced it firsthand. Stuff I've had to experience my whole life. My sister, my dad's brother was killed by racist. So I've, we, we've experienced it firsthand. And it's sad that it's had to get so bad for people to start um, you know, trying to make a change, and this shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing. It's not acceptable, and it should have never been acceptable at any stage of history of life. Um, you know, there's only one race, and that's the human race. So hopefully, it all changes. I don't I don't um, condone violence, um, shop looting. Uh, it's not that's not right. That defeats the object of of the protest, um, and it ruins the protest of making it aware. Um, that this is what we have to face and we all need to start making some changes in our personal life in businesses in and in the society we live in your dad is one of the true british legends of boxing you know a black man that served his country in the army for all those years and yet you're talking about some of the the issues that the wider family have faced and yet your dad was beloved in the country it doesn't make any sense does it it's different it's different when you're a young black athlete and I remember, I'm not nowhere near where my dad is or what he's achieved. But yet, when I go to places, oh, uh, when I went to, on holiday, I went out and stayed in a hotel. Yeah, I was the only black guy there. And I know why now. Um, but And I started getting all um, funny looks and people tutting at me like as if I shouldn't be there and it's all good for me and my missus and I feel horrible for her. Oh, but then at the end of the stay, Oh, yeah, can I have a photo? Can I have a photo? No, see you later, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, or I'll go places. And I know if I wasn't who I was, I'd be treated different. And it's sad that it's that way. I'd hate to be a young black man in America right now. People like me, I've got no, I've got no answers to anything. How could I? I'm, I'm just not qualified to give any serious comment, I suppose, on any of this. And, and I well, just... you, you are, as I said, we're, we're all one race. Do you know, mm. you are. You, you can comment on it. Do you know what I mean? It's... it's um, it's one of the things, it's just, it's not right. If, if the shoe was on the other foot, how could, how, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why is it okay? Why is it be, being acceptable? Why is, racism is taught. Do you know what I mean? When I was in school, I got caught, lucky I got thick skin. 
Otherwise, it would have affected me. Going, oh, you look like a monkey. Um, black this and that. My sister's affected by it. She got affected by it way more than I did. Girls, obviously, of course. And she had a struggle with her complexion. It just shouldn't be that way. But why is that? Except why is that okay? Do you know what I mean? It's not really spoke about. Why is that okay? And you yeah. get the sense that boxing's been doing the right thing for a long time, you know, both amateur and professional level. But is that just a, is that a false kind of sense of comfort that maybe we've all thought that's the situation? But why does society clearly, clearly is no. no, I've never... Ex- then again, I've seen other comments. Some people say there is racism in boxing. I've never experienced racism in boxing because too many people are scared to get licked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've, I've never experienced racism in boxing whatsoever. I've always felt welcoming any gym I've ever gone in. But then again, I'm speaking from being the legend of a son of a legend. Hmm. So maybe different from other people. But then again, I've never experienced racism ever. Experienced racism in school, restaurants, locations, um, not really, not, not in the boxing gym. I think boxing gym is a safe place for everybody to come to. You're all the same. You're all equal. Um, some may come from less privileged backgrounds. Some may come from very privileged backgrounds. But when you get in the ring, there's mutual respect. And you're taught to not bring your rubbish in the gym. The trainers, I don't, I don't believe, will let it go on. There's no white gyms, black gyms. It's all one. We are, you're all mixed together. Asian, um, Chinese, black, um, white. You're all mixed together. We've seen that Anthony Joshua's had his say. And again... He gets criticised. You know, people will criticise him for not saying anything and being a, a little bit kind of uh, too polished in interviews. And when he does say something, he gets it. I mean, what did you mean for that? Listen, you never, you never win. You never win. Ever, ever. So I bet he's happy within himself. You know, you've got to be happy within yourself. If you're happy within yourself, you can't give two tots about what other people think. And that's the way it should be. He said the right thing. I do, I do think he could have worded it maybe just a tad bit better. Just, just a tad. He could have worded it a little bit better. But if you want to, you can take anything out of context. In the Bible, it says this, or in the, in the, it, you, you can take it out of context. You can take anything out of context. It all depends on the lens you choose to look at it through. If you want to take it as a negative, take it as a negative. I get each saying, listen, support the black community because the black community needs it. We need it right now. Support the black shops. We need it. I don't think he necessarily meant, don't go there, don't go there. Because it, 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 it's not what he was getting at. That wasn't the whole point. So that's my opinion. That's what I think of it anyway. Then again, that's the lens I see it through. And just speaking of Anthony, because I'm sure you're aware that news is breaking that, that Eddie Hearn thinks there's a, they're very close now, that two-fight deal for next year. That would be something, wouldn't it, with him and Tyson Fury, those two meeting twice next year. I mean, after, the, after 2020, it would be something to look forward to at the heavyweight scene, wouldn't it? Mate, that'd be a cracking fight. It's on British soil. Eddie, get me and Kelly on there. <laughs> uh, that'd be a cracking fight. And uh, just, uh, just very quickly on that before we get to you, how would you see it all panning out with those two? I mean, it's the question everyone talks about all the time. I think um, uh, it's a 50-50 fight. Again, AJ's a massive puncher. Phil is just, um, skillful. He's a freak. He can move. He's six foot out, whether to eight, seven. Eight, no, taller, any, and he way moves and keeps that energy. Again, it's a it's a it's a fifty fifty fight for me. It could go either way. AJ could get the knockout. I can't see um in outboxing Fury, but then maybe he can because he chose he showed that when he fought Ruiz again, he didn't get dragged in a fight. He adapted, changed his style. He got criticised for running around. He done what he had to do to win. And both of these fighters always find a way to win. Well, hopefully, anyway, we get our wish and that does happen because there's a long way to go yet anyway, isn't there, with mandatories and everything else. What's the situation with you now? Because, like everybody else, you've been frustrated. You're waiting to get back in there. I'm sure you're absolutely dying to get back in I wouldn't in. say frustrated, mate. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I take everything in my stride, man. I mean, listen, you play the cards you dealt with you, and, and you choose. What, 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 okay, this is a situation. Let me see what I can, what's the right choices to make. Fight camp. Um, do I want to box behind closed doors? Not really. Am I fighting for a paycheck? Nope. I'm not fighting for a paycheck. I'm fighting for a fight that I believe that's going to benefit my career, propel me to better things and put my name up there. A meaningful fight. I'm in a privileged position where um, I can learn behind closed doors and not worry about having to fight, which is why I've always come back better. Some people have to get a job to fund their life. Um, I've been privileged that I'm able to just graft and work. And every time I've come back, I've come back better. All the time. So I'd understand if people, um, Eddie was like, yeah, but, you know, Con, you never come back better. You always have ring rust. I never have ring rust. 
That's number one. Number two, I'm fighting for the dough. So that's, num- that's number two. Number three is I want a meaningful fight. So if there's a meaningful fight that can be delivered, I will take it 100% behind closed doors. If there isn't, I'll still keep grafting in the gym and wait. Patience. Patience just means it's, it's not patience, just waiting. Patience is the attitude you wait, the way you wait. And mm. I, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm staying positive. I've been working, I've been grafting. And my, my word is when I come back, somebody's getting laid out bad. Well, just to clear something up then, Chris Jenkins is the name that's been mentioned. July the 25th, the fight, fight camp, British title on the line. How feasible is that then from your point of view? Is that going to happen? Uh, doubt it. It's not looking like it. We're looking at Ashley Fearpone at the minute, right. which I think will be a cracking fight. So, or Bradley Skeet. They've all said, we've, we've offered them the fight in 10 weeks and uh, they're all too soon. So we'll just see. Listen, listen it's a promote. We've said, we said to the point, yeah, it's a good fight, good fight. Um, and he, Eddie, no, Eddie knows what he's doing, man. Eddie, Eddie's the governor. So it, it would be in his garden. Are you happy to do that? I'm happy to fight in his garden if it's for the right opponent, yeah. See, most yeah. people would say, if it's the right money, nah. Yeah. yeah it, ain't, it ain't about that. It ain't about the money. I've, I've, and it's nothing in comparison to the sort of money I want to be earning. So I'm going to take the right fight for my career. I believe. I know you, you, you're a, you are your own man, but did you don't have any kind of reservations about your fight behind closed doors? Has yeah, he been, don't like, he don't want it. He, he, he didn't fancy it. that. No. But he's he's not he's not worried about you fighting behind closed doors, or he didn't want you to. No, he don't want me to, and I'm and I make him right. But um, at the end of the day, I find a telephone box if need be. So you <laughs> do what you feel is right. Yeah, ultimately, listen, everybody wants, the team around me want what's good for my career. But you've got to remember, nobody wants better for me than myself. And I trust my team. My trainer wants the world for me. My dad wants the world for me. Promoter wants the world for me. But what I want for myself, I better that. Do you know what I mean? So, and I've got I've got to feel right about it. And and I do. A hard fight, isn't it? A hard fight, don't bother me. I always love a hard fight. It's got to be a worthy fight. To finish off, thought we'd give you a little bit of chat on mixed martial arts. As you're fully aware, the UFC are heading to Fight Island. It's a real thing. It's like Enter the Dragon. (laughs) Myself and Gareth picked the bones out of the big announcement this week and UFC 251 kicks us off on July the 11th. We've been speaking quite a lot, Gareth, recently, haven't we, about Eddie Hearn and the the matchroom uh, fight camp idea, which I think is absolutely fantastic. I think in this time we need to... We need to obviously show and, and just signal that things are different with no fans being around and the UFC are doing uh, that with uh, with Fight Island. I'm absolutely fascinated by this. It reminds me very much of the Bruce Lee film, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, exactly. The clearing in the forest and the bleachers with all <laughs> the uh, the monks on. Um, look, I mean, I think that first card on July the 11th is, is, is really good. It's a really good card. It's one that I'm really looking forward to. Um... When you mentioned Dana White just now and, and, and Eddie Hearn in the same breath, I thought, mm-hmm. by the way, Dana White was scathing about Bob Arum, who we've had on tonight, on that um, Tony Bellew and uh, Eddie Hearn uh, uh, series of shows that they had on, in lockdown, the Zoom shows. Mm-hmm. That, I, I can't remember the, the name of the show, but like, I, I couldn't understand his vehemence for for Bob Arum when they both share the same broadcasters and they're both trying to do the same thing I, I mean I think Bob Arum de, re, deserves you know a modicum of respect for what he's achieved, achieved in five and a half decades you know Dana White is an amazing promoter as you know I've known him a long time and he's, he's brilliant with me and um, but you know he's, he's a hardball there's no question about that but I think as I digress I think he's come up with a great idea here um, the drums and the coconuts, I think, are more Hawaii than the Middle East. But I get the idea. <laughs> but I get the idea. Um, I think it's going to look pictorially spectacular with an octagon on the beach. Because I've done two events in Hawaii with Bellator. And, and mm. all the fighter workouts were on a stage um, in a little bay looking out on the beach. Again, visually, it's just stunning. And listen, no one minds going to the beach ever. So, you know, to have fight events there. And, and on that first main card, Ed, on, on July the 11th, mm. there's, you know, there's only two Americans. And that's what's nice about this. You've got an African, you've got, um, you've got 
um, two or three Brazilians, a Russian, an Australian, mm-hmm. you know, a Hawaiian. Um, I mean, I know you want to talk about them, but it's it's a really nice mix of cards. Frankie Edgar's on it against Pedro Munoz. You know, Makwan Amikani. Um, I think he's Finnish. Um, I think he's Finland, isn't he? I think, he, yeah. He's a yeah, great he's, character. He's based out of Ireland, but he is, yeah. He's yeah, he's based. You know, some great characters on this card. It's it's terrific. It's a great idea. It's. I'm still a little bit concerned about so many people coming together from so many parts of the world. And it'll be fascinating to see what the protocols are again for all these people to come together. Obviously, they're going to be based there for a month. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they'll take the heavyweight fight that's been announced for 252, UFC 252, the trilogy between Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. I suspect they're looking at putting that back in Las Vegas, although it's not confirmed yet, is it? Mm. Yeah, well, the Fight Island um, is four events in two weeks. So it's going to be the 11th, 15th, 18th and 25th, the 25th mm. being the last one. Mm. There's three fight nights in there. For British fans, this is going to be a bit upsetting because obviously with this happening in Abu Dhabi, which is Yaz Island, and the UFC have got control of the whole of Yaz Island. I mean, if you've been out there, you'll know that all these are man-made islands. So they're going to be taking over Yaz Island from the dates that Gareth's just been mentioning there. Uh, And 251, UFC 251, which will be taking place on July the 11th. For European fight fans, I know this is a bit of a killer, there will be no change of time of consumption. So therefore, your main card will be starting at 3 o'clock UK time, which is in Abu Dhabi, Gareth. 6 a.m. in the morning. I know that we experience this maybe when we go out to Asia and sometimes in Australia and New Zealand for some of those fight cards to cater for the American pay-per-view audience. But having a fight before your breakfast, you know, 6 yeah, a.m. I mean, in the morning, walking to the octagon, it, it's, listen, it's a bizarre was, It is. There's nothing... I mean, I remember experiencing it, Adam. Uh, there was nothing as weird when I was doing post-fight interviews on the UFC event in Tokyo at the Saitama Super Arena, mm. which had... Brian Stan and Vandalay Silva and Stefan Struve and Mark Hunt as the two headliners. Um, we went in buses to the Saitama Super Arena from the Hilton Hotel, an hour away by bus, after an earthquake the night before, by the way, yeah. um, where, the, where this huge crack went up the hotel um, in noise. I think we all, you couldn't be on the bus to get there later than 5.15 in the morning. So we emerged from it, I think about 11.15, after seeing Stefan Struve go off to hospital in the ambulance with his broken jaw from from Mark Hunt. Remember that? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it It is strange, but I think what the fighters tend to do, and I hope this is going to be possible, is they just try and train through the night a little bit more. Yeah. Or get up. Staying on a time zone, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. American time zone. Exactly. And I think, I'm not sure what the quarantine period is, but I imagine, given the way they're going to do this, that people will be arriving a little earlier. Man, it's so much logistics taking place Mm. at the moment. I applaud everyone for doing this, you know, and getting these events and these fights on. They're doing a terrific job. It's brilliant. I'm really looking... Look, I'm really looking forward to that card. For one, like, I mean, you know, when you look at Max Holloway against Alexander Volkanovsky rematch, I yeah. mean, you know, Max has really, was he was off colour in that last fight. He couldn't get his timing right. Um, Volkanovsky on, is, on a, is on a brilliant A-fight winning streak in the UFC. has really stepped up in levels. And, and really, Holloway's done nothing wrong for a very long time, you know, other than, you know, the the loss to Dustin Poirier at lightweight. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you that was look last at minute. His, step, yeah. That was last minute. But you look at the, you know, from Cub Swanson to Charles Oliveira, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pessis, Jose Aldo twice, Brian Ortega. And he was brilliant in all of those, you know, um, you know, from winning the title and, 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 Kind of, or the interim against Anthony Pettis, and then, mm. you know, you know, beating Jose Aldo twice. It, it, it's a really, really good fight, and I think we he deserves a rematch because obviously, it, you know, obviously that he only lost to him last December. But Max Holloway has earned the right to an immediate rematch, in my yeah. view, because he had just had an off-color night, didn't he? 
you know? Yeah, I, I share that thought process. I thought Volkanovski was brilliant that night, but you're right. He, he was. most certainly earned his stripes as Max Holloway, and I've no problem with that being a rematch. Petty Ann and Jose Aldo, it's a great fight. Don't get me wrong, well, there's great contenders at Bantamweight, but I'm okay yeah. with that as well. And the, and the main event of uh, Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns, yes, of course, I would have loved to have seen that being uh, the Masvidal fight, but with everything that's been going on with money at the moment, we know that that couldn't be made. We know that Leon Edwards was offered the fight. He can't get ready in time for it. So Gilbert Burns was the next in line. Three title fights on 251. Listen, I'm cool with that. And the, and the, other, the other fight nights that are coming our way on this schedule, the 15th, the 18th and the 25th, sees a lot of British fighters as well, obviously, uh, participating. Yeah. We're seeing... Darren Till's going to be out there, and he's got a hell of a fight on his hands. You know, on the 25th of July, he's going to be taking on Robert Whittaker, that's it, the former champion. That is absolutely no joke. And you would think that this is in some way, shape or form, some type of eliminator for maybe becoming next in line, or at least one of the next in line, for Israel Adesanya. It's a great opportunity for Darren yeah, Till. Yeah, at middleweight, at middleweight, of course. You know, of so, course, yeah. Um, um, so, so this is a very dangerous fight for Darren Till. Because Robert Whittaker had an off, you know, an off night against Ad Israel Adesanya, in my view, mm. and couldn't work out the, couldn't work out the style, if you like. The creativeness. Yeah. yeah, the creativeness. Yeah, he was one of the most unusual fighters in the world to, to, to fight. Because um, of his skill set and the chin he proved against Kelvin Gastelum that night and his desire over those five rounds. But I think... You know, the, the danger with Whitaker, he's on the rebound. He's a brilliant point fighter. Yeah, and Darren likes to point fight as well. So this is pretty much going to be a kickboxing match, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. It'd be fascinating. And of course, they'll have the seagulls and the fish coming out of the water watching, <laughs> but no crowd. The dolphins <laughs> will be swimming. They'll be bouncing out of the water to see what's happening between rounds. I tell you what, dolphins, don't submerge because you'll miss the action because it happens be and ends so quickly. She'll <laughs> <laughs> sure be a cracker. The first one is, uh, like I said, on July the 11th, so only a few weeks away. And then we've uh, got a midweeker on the 15th. Uh, July 18th and July 25th, loads of British talent on there as well. The whole reason for setting up Fight Island was to help international fighters who couldn't get into America with travel restrictions as we've been speaking about with Bob earlier on and visa issues to get some action, you know, because we've got a lot of, obviously, cards coming out of Vegas at the moment and this is a great opportunity for international fighters to get some action. There you go. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Um, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, that'd be great. We're available on iTunes and the Android feeds are all on the TalkSport website. So make sure you hit the button there and then you'll never miss out on any of our content that we bring you from the world of fight sports. We'll catch you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.